Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg. It's the Football Film Room Podcast. And welcome inside the Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg, Conference Championship Week in college football. It's like a weird schedule because there are other games besides Conference Championship games. We've got early signing day. We have coaching news. And the NFL player playoff picture is starting to take shape. So, Chris, this is really an interesting time as we approach the end of 2020 here. Yeah, it is. Uh, obviously, we're we're right at that very end of the college football schedule. We've got an interesting week. It's obviously, as we've been saying all along, it's going to take us right up to uh, opening up presents on uh, Christmas Eve. We've got the second to last uh, playoff rankings. If you're watching this live, we're going to announce it for you. Not a lot of intrigue uh, for tonight. And then, of course, the final rankings will take place on um, – they're going to do it Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Uh, that'll, that'll tell us where we are. Uh, yeah, you know, we've got the remaining few games. Uh, some of the other games now are being canceled as uh, – why not? It's That's the way it's why, been the past yeah. several weeks. Um, so we're getting down the cases. I think the, the real key is we – get through this weekend, uh, the pivotal games that are uh, expected to decide and kind of finish off the playoff rankings, they're in play. Uh, the Pac-12 has had to, uh, you know, redirect with Washington not having any offensive linemen. That's not going to factor into the playoffs, but Clemson and Notre Dame will. Uh, Alabama, with a win over Florida, uh, will will certainly get in. Uh, and then Ohio State um, with their game against uh, Northwestern. There's no indication that any of those games are in threat. Uh, Indiana, Purdue canceled. Um, Michigan, Iowa canceled. So mm-hmm. we're gonna, you know, but but I think it's gonna be really important. And look, I'm not I'm not taking it a different way, but they're gonna make sure that those real big pivotal games uh, uh, they move things around. And this was done for Ohio State's purpose to to you know, to be in this position, to win this game. Um, and uh, that's going to finish off the playoffs. I, I don't think there's really any intrigue left. I think Clemson and Notre Dame are in, barring a colossal, I mean, a colossal blowout by Clemson over Notre Dame. Or if Notre Dame beats Clemson, I think Clemson is out with a loss. Florida, by their loss, their poor performance against LSU is out. There's no chance in, uh, that they're going to get in it. So it really is, to me, it's it's about, you know, uh, Ohio State, if they take care of business, 
Alabama's in. I think Clemson's in. I think Notre Dame is in. So I think there's one spot. Uh, I think if if Clemson were to lose or if Ohio State uh, were to lose, then I think that's the only chance that A&M could get in. And, Scott, I don't know how you feel about it. I guess the only, like, the wackiest thing would be is if Ohio State lost and don't see any way that's going to happen mm-hmm. against Northwestern and Clemson were to lose, then that would leave two spots. That would be the only thing that would be chaotic. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the only thing that would be controversial, but I still think the Ohio State situation, don't you, is controversial. Yeah, of course. Because people are going to make their statements that they don't deserve it. You're the best. So as we're getting the rankings out, 25 is Colorado, 24 is San Jose State, 23 is Tulsa, 22 NC State, 21 Oklahoma State, 20 Texas, 19 Louisiana Lafayette, 18 Miami, 17 BYU, 16 Iowa as we work our way to the top 15. But uh, as we wait for the rest of the rankings to kind of get us up to the top six, I think one one of the maybe the more intriguing things, Scott, I'm, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are is uh, how maybe um, that the uh, certainly I think four and five are going to be untouched. Of course, mm-hmm. the top five is who's six as Iowa State move there. Um, I, I would think so. Uh, and then how high is Oklahoma? Um, just I'm maybe maybe the most interesting matchup in terms of once I'm look one I'm looking for style wise is Iowa State Oklahoma in the Big Twelve game. It does not factor into the playoffs. But what say you on you know how do you think uh, who you think will be six tonight? Is real quickly fifteen North Carolina, fourteen Northwestern, thirteen USC, twelve Coastal Carolina and 11 Indiana. Your thoughts on who you think might be six here as we get to the, the top 10 here? You know, I, I, I before I get to who's going to be six, I have a real hard time with Texas A&M uh, at five and getting into the playoff should there be some chaotic scenario. Uh, the win against Florida now, Chris, does not look as, as good with Florida losing. That, in my opinion, hurts their resume. And if there was a scenario in which – they were to be considered to be the fourth place team and Alabama beats Florida. You cannot justify moving Alabama out of the one spot and into the two spot and to put Texas A&M in at number four to have a rematch against Alabama when Alabama blew them out and there was no extenuating circumstance like, oh, Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing for Clemson when they lost to Notre Dame. There is no extenuating circumstance there. It was the strength of Alabama, and you could argue Alabama, which was healthier than they are now at that point. Okay, they were at their strongest, Texas A&M was at their strongest, and Alabama blew their doors off. So I don't want to see that as a number one versus number four matchup. I would rather go uh, uh, past Texas A&M and put someone like an Iowa State or, dare I say, a Cincinnati in at number four should a chaotic scenario play out. If it were me making the rankings right now, I would have Iowa State at number six and I think Cincinnati at number seven. Well, um, as we are getting to Oklahoma comes in at 10 and your Cincinnati Bearcats at nine. So So not playing last week. Absolutely hurt them. Absolutely hurt them. 
and it's pretty clear what they're doing there. There is no there's, there's no chance for them to get in. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Because Oklahoma and Iowa State and the winner of that game would would have a better would 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 be more worthy in their eyes than an undefeated. Cincinnati. And I would assume that as we get to it, uh, Georgia would still be eight. And then I would think Iowa State would be um, seven is well, let's see, six. So we'll we'll, we'll get the final. Uh, uh, Georgia's eight as as I thought. And now seven is going to be clear as we've got Oklahoma, we've got Georgia, Cincinnati, um, A&M is going to be five. And so, uh, Iowa state's going to be six. Who am I missing there? So we've got a, uh, uh Indiana, uh, Indiana, um, well, Indiana's already in, I mentioned that they were ranked Florida drops to seven. That's oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Florida. Where, yes. where would Florida drop? Well, Florida is ahead of Georgia. Mm -hmm. So they just dropped Florida a few spots after that ugly loss to LSU. So Florida's at seven, Georgia's at eight, Cincinnati at nine, Oklahoma at 10. So we can figure out the rest folks. The rest is pretty easy. One's going to be Alabama, two Notre Dame, three Clemson, four Ohio state, six Texas A&M, uh, 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 five and a uh, Texas A&M and six Iowa state, which is what so I said. I would put Iowa state at six. Yep. So that's how it's going to be heading into conference championship play this weekend. So pretty easy to figure out. I think everybody understands that in my mind, I agree with you on a couple of things. I think Alabama is in whether they win or lose, they will be in only matter of the seeding. Um, I think Notre Dame and Clemson are in again. I think there can create a scenario where if Notre Dame, loses big or Notre Dame beats Clemson, which I don't think either is going to happen. But if one of those happens, then um, I think we've got some discussions. But I think Notre Dame is in really good shape. And I think Clemson has yeah, to I, win I, to get in. But I yeah. but I think because I think Clemson's going to win, that's why I'm saying Clemson and Notre mm -hmm. Dame are going to be in. But, but Clemson has to win. Notre Dame can be Notre Dame can be competitive. And that's what you're right about. Yes. And that's where, yes, you're right on that. I, I would a hundred percent agree with you that Notre Dame is in regardless of their performance, unless we're talking about a 62, nothing blowout and, and whatever. I think that Notre Dame is in, if they lose that win over Clemson, even without Trevor Lawrence is still valuable. That means that they would split the season series against Clemson and Clemson would earn their way in. They beat Notre Dame. They avenge the only loss, and you can whatever say you whatever you want to say about that loss. They didn't have, even though DJ played really well, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. And then, yes, I would put Notre Dame in regardless of the outcome. Clemson's the only one that is in jeopardy of the chaotic scenario should they lose a second time to Notre Dame. Yeah, because Notre Dame is a good team, and it is a losable game, more so than Ohio State losing to Northwestern. But yeah. it's pretty clear cut. So... On the scenario, and there's not in Scott likes to play scenarios, <laughs> so we'll play it right here. Uh, I think I think Alabama's in regardless. I think that uh, let's go with this. Um, Notre Dame beats Clemson. Obviously, one and two remain the same. Alabama, Notre Dame in that scenario. Ohio State beats Northwestern. Uh, they're in. Um, that that is then. Leaves you with AM and mm -hmm. moving in. I do not think a two-loss team, Big 12, is going to jump AM. So I think that would I'd slot have a problem with that. I'd have a problem with that, Chris. I really would. I'd have yeah, a problem with that. Yeah, but a two-loss team, particularly one a that two lost. two-loss conference champion. 
yeah, lost to Louisiana Lafayette, a good team, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they jump a And M. Um, you know, and I realize that Iowa State is, and so the point would be. People say, well, AM's ahead of Iowa State. It does not guarantee mm-hmm. that Iowa State wouldn't move ahead of them. They're right behind them. And if they they're not a conference champion yet. So if they yes. win this week, and let's say even if they win impressively, mm-hmm. and AM, uh, it looks like the game against Tennessee is gonna go off. And again, I say that always with the you never know. Uh, let's say they win, but are not real impressive. Then you got a conversation. Then you have a two-loss team that's a conference champion that has, I wouldn't call it an ugly loss, but an early season loss to Louisiana Lafayette out of conference and an A&M team that's lost one game, and they're probably saying, what the bleep do we need to do? But, you know, that's going to be the conversation, and it is it. Uh, it's official as what we've been saying, Iowa State's at six, and, of course, Alabama one, Notre Dame two. Clemson three, so Ohio State's going to be four and AM five. Um, I'm going to verify that just to make sure as AM is five, and so that means Ohio State is four. So, so the scenario would be uh, you'd have to decide between that conference champion. Um, it would be um, Iowa State AM conversation if Clemson were to lose. Um, I I there there's a couple other scenarios that if you want to play with we'll go ahead and do it. Let's just say Notre Dame gets blown out by Clemson. Let's just say it's I mean it's a 45 to 10 game. Uh how does that affect Notre Dame? Do they move all the way out? Uh would AM, you know, would would they be in? That would be real interesting. They would have to live off the, you know, the the um the 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 one loss being an ugly loss that's 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 interesting so you say well, it doesn't matter i say it doesn't it's matter Notre Notre Dame yeah so uh that, that, that here's is. my question to you do you think based on what i what i said my feelings about the committee not wanting to have an alabama texas a&m rematch in the national semifinal because we saw that blowout do you think that if clemson were to lose would Notre Dame earn enough respect with two wins over Clemson to justify them leapfrogging Alabama being put in the one slot so that they can face Texas A&M in the national semifinal and Alabama is at two against Ohio State? Um, I don't, I don't think, I think Alabama's clearly the best team. Yes. <laughs> uh, would, would they would they gerrymander this thing and to where to avoid the Alabama AM game? Oh, I, I think they would. Now, um, again, under the scenario if AM gets in, I, I don't think any of this is going to happen. I think it's going to be pretty clean It'll in be the chalky, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be Alabama. Um, um, I you know, here's the thing. I think Clemson is going to beat. Notre Dame, and mm-hmm. I think Clemson will be two, and I think uh, what they're going to do is put Ohio State in at three, and I think they're going to drop Notre Dame to four. Yeah, and I think it's gonna be Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson, Ohio State. I think that's what it, I think we're gonna see the semifinal rematch of last year again with uh, Clemson, Ohio State, and I think it'll be Alabama, Notre Dame. It, if chaos reigns, if if A and M gets in. Um, and look, I think that is a, a, a little subconscious view of 
how they view it. Just what you said that even though it was early in the season, the blowout loss to AM, do we really want to see AM in? Do we really think, does anybody really think AM is as good as Ohio State? Well, only the most ardent AM fans and only the people that want to say Ohio State doesn't deserve to be in. Okay. And I get those thoughts. I get those, I get that premise. You know, but that's not what we're here for. It's what's the four best. Um, I, 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 you know, so Scott says Notre Dame gets blown out. They're not falling out of it. Okay. Um, if the, this would be, you know, obviously if, um, if that were to happen, if Ohio State were to lose to Northwestern, and I don't laugh, I mean, uh, but let's, if that were to happen, then that's a clean put A&M in. Um, I, I think it pretty much, um, eliminates, uh, you know, I don't think there's a scenario. I think people brought, what if Florida upsets Alabama? Well, that is not going to be enough for them to make it without some help. But if we throw in some chaos, if we want to go the Seidenberg chaos method, which Scott always loves to do this. So, so we're, Florida, we're giving, we're giving everybody a loss here. Florida upsets Alabama and, um, in in you know, uh, look, I mean, Clemson, let's say Notre Dame beats Clemson. So now you got Notre Dame. Now Notre Dame's at one. And Clemson with two losses are out. Or mm-hmm. are they? How does that game? Is it close? Is it going to, you know, because then you're looking at a two-loss Florida that's a conference champion, but bad loss to LSU. Um, and, and what if Ohio State were to lose? Well, that would be really interesting because then you're looking at, uh, the possibility of putting in two slots because Alabama, if they were to lose, would still be in. Notre mm-hmm. Dame would still be in. Then the answer would be Ohio State's out if they were to lose. Then you could see AM. Then you could see you a two loss, you know, uh, Iowa State. Big 12 champion. I, there's a uh, look. I don't think Oklahoma, I, Chris, would you agree that it's only Iowa State, not Oklahoma? Yeah, I don't think Oklahoma can jump ahead. No. Um, and, you know, because here's the thing. If you're Florida at seven, they're not jumping Florida uh, no. unless Florida loses. So, you know, Florida would have to lose. And, and again, um, you know, if Alabama were to win, uh, again, either way, I think Alabama's in. I, I think I, agree. I, I think Notre Dame is in good position as mm-hmm. well. Um, I just think Alabama's in the best position because even a loss – yeah. You know, it just change only changes their seating. And uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see. I'd like to make for a lot of intrigue and chaos, and who knows what's going to happen, folks. I think we lost it. I think uh, I, I didn't think Florida's chances against Alabama were very good anyway. I thought mm-hmm. they would have been eliminated. You know, obviously we we're going to get eliminated this coming week, but the fact that at least I thought Florida would go into this game. With the uh, with a chance to at least have this week to talk mm-hmm. about what if now I don't that's not even the possibility so I I, agree. Look, I, I the, the the film to me clearly speaks that there's you know Alabama's clearly the best I do think that um, I think Clemson is better than Notre Dame now uh, I actually think on tape Ohio State's a little better than Notre Dame and I think that's how it's going to end up quite frankly. <laughs> You know, not because I say it's the film thing. I think that's the film is going to tell. I mean, I think Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame, and I think um, I think Ohio State's going to beat Northwestern, and I think the the win over Northwestern and the the path for Ohio State is the resume is not impressive, and you can't tell. Well, what is impressive is 
they're really, really good. And you've got to make the determination of, um, you know, you're, we're not in a position, the committee's not in a position to punish a team based upon political views that anybody might have. It is clearly to pick the four best teams. And mm-hmm. I think that the tape clearly shows that Ohio State's one of the four best. And I always look at it, what would happen if Ohio State played Florida? I mentioned that last week. And um, I think Florida kind of showed and was – was uh, exposed a little bit last week. I think Ohio State would win uh, decisively. I think Ohio State would win decisively over AM, uh, over Cincinnati. Um, I think they're better. I think they're just that much better. I, I think Georgia is maybe a little bit better now with better quarterback play, but certainly not deserving of playoff mm-hmm. consideration. They got blown up by the two good teams that they played this year, but they're playing a little bit better. I think Oklahoma is really good, and I'm not so sure that Oklahoma is not going to beat Iowa State. That's going to be a really fun game. But, folks, I, I, I'd like to create a lot of chaos and intrigue. I just don't see it happening. I see a lot of chalk this weekend. Yeah, Oklahoma's favored in that game over Iowa State, by the way. Oklahoma, yeah, and, yeah, and rightly so. The film, there's no question that Oklahoma's defense has been much improved. Yeah. Uh, a couple of comments here coming in. Um, Rockwest wants to know any chance that USC – can get in. Uh, no. I know the Pac-12 is trying. They scrambled. They they put Oklahoma, excuse me, Oregon in the Pac-12 title game just to give USC another opponent, as opposed to just canceling their championship game because Washington can't play. So now USC will probably beat Oregon, and they'll finish their year six and zero. But uh, it'll just be it won't even be a Rose Bowl. It'll be a New Year's Six game. But that's about it. They the answer is they've got zero chance. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think we 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 found that out tonight. They're not even in the top 10. Mm-hmm. They're, they're nowhere. So a win over Oregon, what is not even the best North team this year. Nope. Washington are in the – there's no, there's, there's no way, there's no scenario by which they can get in. Win the conference next week. Uh, yeah, I, I, people will say, well, wait a minute. You know, you look at – Ohio State hasn't played enough games. You can't use it. You got to look at USC. You got to look at Ohio State. USC doesn't look like a team that is as good as, quite frankly, all the teams that I've mentioned before. So I see there's a 0% chance of USC getting in, despite what, you know, some people may be putting out there. Yeah. You know, Spartan brings up the point that, you know, like Dan Mullen says, some teams are getting rewarded for not playing. Uh, Look, when you talk about games that have been canceled, Ohio State, and I'm not. I'm not saying that you, you can't assume a win because yes, like like Spartan says, everyone thought that Florida was going to beat LSU. We were going to assume Florida was going to beat LSU, but if you're just looking at the the point spread or who is projected to win a game, Ohio State's projected to win every game they play. So whether they're canceled or not, Ohio State would have been the favorite and heavily favored in every game that they would have played if they played a full schedule. The one game you want to talk about, maybe Notre Dame and Wake Forest. Had they played the way that Wake has has been capable of playing this year, Sam Hartman and that offense, uh, maybe Wake pulls an upset. Notre Dame would have been a heavy favorite over Wake Forest and would be expected to beat Wake Forest. So Notre Dame would have just another win on their schedule. I don't think that canceling some games for some teams is rewarding them because they were probably going to win those games anyway, Chris. Yeah. Look, here's the thing about it. It's the four best teams. Florida was poorly prepared against LSU. They had their chance to make their statement. Um, and, and Kyle Trask might've lost the Heisman trophy. Oh, he definitely did. He has that's, that's over. It's, it's done. Um, 
And, you know, and so Florida, Dan Mullen has no legs to stand on in that. Mm-hmm. Look, Ohio State, their players, their, their, foot, their football staff didn't, didn't back out of any games. It's unfortunate. We knew going into this year it's going to be unfortunate. The bottom line is, again, not caring who gets in or whatever. It, I'm, I'm telling you, and I said this before, I said this last week, Ohio State's just that much better than Florida. They're they're better. I mean, they 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 are. They play them. They beat them. I don't think it's that close. I think Florida is a flawed team. They're good, but mm-hmm. just playoff good. I don't think they're that. Now I've said this before. I don't think Ohio State's. I think Ohio State's going to play Clemson, and I think Clemson's going to roll them. I don't think Ohio State is battle tested enough to advance in the yeah. playoffs, but they're clearly one of the four best. I mean. They're not – folks, I, I, I can tell you how I grade teams. I do it methodically. It's really not that close between Ohio State and um, and Florida, Ohio State and a and Again, Ohio State better than Notre Dame. And, you know, just, you know, just keep that in mind. And, again, well, it doesn't matter. You still got to go out and do it. I get that. But Ohio State's gone out and done everything they've been asked to do. You know, you can't cherry pick it and say, well, if Florida didn't play LSU, Florida been in. Well, you know what? Florida didn't show up to play LSU. Mm-hmm. Florida didn't, they weren't ready to play. That's their problem. You have to get ready to play your games. And I really, you know, it it just the politics, I get it. But that's the first thing, one of the few things that the first things that Dan Mullen's talking about post game is, well, we're getting penalized for playing all these games. No, Dan, you're getting penalized because not having your team getting ready to play and and not having your team disciplined enough. I I got no sympathy for Florida and Dan Mullen because they went out and got scalped, um, you know, uh, oh, excuse me, went out and and did not stomp a team that Mm -hmm. they should have. Yep. And. You know, you get your chances, and if it's six, if it's nine, I get it. It's not fair. I mean, didn't we say that all summer for those who thought that it's not going to be fair? We're gonna, not going to have an even number of games. And the eye test will matter. I, people call it the eye test. For me, it's the film test. It's it's just, you know, um, in my opinion, it's not real difficult film-wise, and, and I think it'll play out that way. Hey. People may not like it. You may want the Florida, Florida AM in and all. I get all that. Um, I don't think they're one of the four best. I don't think Florida's one of the four best. Uh, let's give a preview here of the championship games coming up. And we'll start on Friday night with the Pac-12 championship game. If you can even call it a Pac-12 championship game, because it's not going to be the representative from the North. Uh, it'll be Oregon taking on USC. Uh, the game will be played at the Coliseum. So it's a home game for USC. Uh, the Trojans are a small favorite, probably should be more uh, heavily favored, but they've been very up and down this year, you know, escaped with some wins. Um, not really sure how good the Trojans are, but they should win this game, in my opinion. Well, yeah, they were outplayed by UCLA most of the game. USC's really been unimpressive watching. Um, they've fallen behind. They, they, they're, they're a little bit of a Florida look to them. Um, they, you know, offensively, they're good. They've got playmakers. Uh, but, boy, they start off slow. Um, they're undisciplined. 
and they have to come from behind. And fortunately, they've played teams that have helped them, not played well, real well. Um, look, I mean, the eye test, the film test, uh, I agree with you. They should win this game. Oregon's not played all that well. Um, but, you know, it, it might be a lot closer than than it, it should be, even though USC's that much better, just because USC hadn't played all that well. They hadn't, they hadn't looked good at all. I don't think USC – well, look, I, I agree with the fact that they're not even in the top 10. That's correct. They're not a top 10 team. So the thought of them in the playoffs, I it, obviously people are not watching football or they're, they're not real uh, sharp with what they're seeing because that's not what I see when I watch USC. Uh, we also have a Friday night championship game in uh, Conference USA, UAB against Marshall. Marshall, who was undefeated before losing to Rice, and uh, UAB just escaped that Rice team uh, last week. So does Marshall pull this off as five-and-a-half-point favorites on Friday night? I think they do. They've been the more consistent team of the two. They've been pretty impressive. You mentioned that Rice game. It was one of the bigger upsets this year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Rice just controls uh, the ball forever. They don't yeah, you know, they just they do. <laughs> and, and, you know, but, uh, you know, I thought – I've mentioned it guy weeks ago, hey, that Marshall team is – one of the unsung stories of this year. And um, it's about finishing and getting to the finish line. The one thing I don't know with some of these games is the health of the players. I mean, it looks like they're going to go off, but how many available players? Um, without knowing all of that, I think it's Marshall. Uh, we got Maction, the MAC championship game, always played at uh, Ford Field in Detroit. Uh, Ball State against the undefeated Buffalo. That's right. Buffalo undefeated with the little New York on the jersey. Uh, who, who comes ahead, Who comes away with a win in this one? Keep in mind that Maction is the most unpredictable football that you'll ever see. Yeah, it is. I like Jared Patterson, outstanding running back. Got, an, uh, I think, a hot shot chart list coach in Lance Leopold. I, um, I think he'd be a good good, uh, a good a fit for, for a place like Illinois. We'll see what happens there. But He's done a really good job there. I like Buffalo here in the game. I think they're going to get uh, the ability to control, uh, to control the game a little bit more with the run yeah. game. All right. We move to Saturday, the Big Ten title game, Ohio State 20-and-a-half-point favorites over Northwestern. And uh, let's just say this would be the shock of all shocks if Northwestern won this game. Yeah, you know, I, I one thing I wish the uh, – and again, I mean, with the Big Ten, I mean – I. I wouldn't you like to see Ohio State against Iowa? You know, I mean, wouldn't that be a better game? You know, just um, – but it's the Big Ten championship game, uh, the Big Ten's week this year. It, however, people will say things like, okay, the, the weakness – I'm not making a case. One of the things that I always say, when you make a case for a team or a player, I learned this in scouting, and I do this – I do the same thing when I evaluate a team. I'm not going to make a case for a team. If you make a case for a team or a, a make a case against a team, you know, that's what lawyers do. Let me make a case. I don't want to make a case for anybody. I'm going to just tell you what I see. Um, you know, the Big Ten's week, not had much of a schedule. You know, as you said, and we've said before, assuming winning and assuming losing are, are not the way it works. Um, yeah, you got to play the games. You got to do the best that you can. Unfortunately, we can't play all the games, and unfortunately, their strength of schedule doesn't necessarily indicate how good you are, um, and leave it at that. 
this is just to me a blowout. Um, I think they'll take no prisoners in this game. This Northwestern team doesn't really match up very well. So I expect Ohio State to listen to to blow them out. But you know, I, you know, again, I don't think Ohio State. I think personally they've had a disadvantage because I think people from the developmental standpoint, yeah, they haven't played and practiced as much. Yeah, there's less potential for injuries. There's no doubt about that, but I don't think there is developed. I don't think this Ohio state team can win the national championship mm. because I don't, I don't think they're quite as developed. I think they're very capable. And I think had they had a full season, yeah. they, they would have gone 12 and 0 in my mind, no one in the big 10 would have beat them. And I think they had probably even a better chance than Clemson of beating Alabama. I think a full developed where you have time to develop the young secondary and linebackers, I think that this Ohio State team had the best chance to challenge Alabama in a normal circumstance. This year, uh, the season, I don't see it. But they've got the talent level matters, how they play matters, key position spot advantages matters. Look, they're clearly dominant here, and it's what makes them, I think, um, a playoff team, at least you know uh, one of the four best teams. Whether it's deserving, again, people can have that that debate what's not debatable is who looks one of the four best yeah uh also on saturday at noon uh it's the pig 12 title game that's being played at AT at&t stadium the oklahoma sooners are a five and a half point favorite against iowa state yeah look i this is the most intriguing game intriguing not the most at stake no but i i really like this game i like the way this oklahoma team has played they're kicking themselves, and I know people would be saying, oh, not Oklahoma in again. But a one-loss Oklahoma Big 12 champion is a player, is a big-time conversation piece, and I think would definitely be ranked ahead of a and um, because this actually this Oklahoma team has played differently and better this year. They're a little bit better defensively. Um, so uh, I, I, I like their chances here. Love what Iowa State done. Love what Matt Campbell's done. And – Listen, I I love the, the underdog and all that, and I, I I'm just excited about watching this game because I think it's going to be really physical, and uh, I'm curious to see uh, how Iowa State defends this Oklahoma mm-hmm. offense. And what 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 gets me about this game is it's it's very hard beating a team twice in the same season. Um, we've seen it. We see it a lot. Obviously, we see it in the NFL where you play your division twice. We've seen it in college football before where you play a team in the regular season, you play them in a conference championship game. Iowa State won that first matchup. That's one of Oklahoma's uh, only two losses. It's to me, it's very difficult to see them beating Oklahoma a second time this year. I think uh, that Lincoln Riley makes the adjustments based off what happened the last time these two teams played. And I think Oklahoma pulls it out. Yeah, I, I I would give Oklahoma an edge. I kind of like them in this moment. I do. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, the next championship game, which is the Sun Belt Championship game between Costa Carolina. I don't know if you saw the end zone painting, but they removed the L's from the field, Chris, because there ain't no L's this year in Conway, South Carolina. So Costa Carolina taking on Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana Lafayette, I still call them ULL. That's uh, old habit. Uh, hey, give me a break. I, you, you, great if I don't call them USL because that's what they <laughs> used to be, University of Southwestern Louisiana. But um, 
Uh, I think Billy Billy Napier will have his team ready to play. I think that Coastal's gonna have a this is this this is gonna be a really fun game. Um, Coastal's on a roll. They the pressure's on them. Uh, we mentioned, um, you know, again we just talked about Iowa State, Oklahoma. You know, there's a little bit of success in the Sun Belt against the Big Twelve this year in the early the early part of the season. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It's kind of a magical year for Coastal. It's hard to go against them, but it wouldn't surprise me if ULL plays them to the, to the, all the way to the end here. Well, last time these two teams played, it was a uh, 30-27 win with a last-second 40-yard field goal for Coastal to win the game. So uh, I, I'm going to go same philosophy as I said in the other one. I think that Louisiana is going to avenge the loss here and uh, defeat um, Coastal. The next next championship game, 4 o'clock Eastern time, the ACC title game from Charlotte, North Carolina. Notre Dame and Clemson. Clemson, 10.5-point favorites over the Irish. I think you and I are in agreement that Clemson gets it done here and avenges the loss uh, even you know now that they have Trevor Lawrence back. Yeah, I think there are a few things. I, I'm in, uh, the obvious is Trevor Lawrence is back. Um, gives a different look a different game, a different style. Um, what it, it limited Clemson in the passing game in the last game, made it more of a line of scrimmage game, which is a game that Notre Dame could play and play effectively. I, I think that I, I just think Notre Dame is well coached. I think they're very good. I think they're deserving of being in the playoffs. I'm with you. I think Notre Dame and Alabama are in I think Clemson has to win this to get in, but I do think Clemson will win. I think that there's, they're kind of on a mission. They've got, they've got the better, more talented team here and they, they want to make a statement. I think the only issue is how much do they win by? And that's why I asked the question of what if they put a beat down? Cause this could be real interesting. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling is as much as this game has intrigue. I don't know how close this is going to be. I'd be surprised if this is not a two-possession game early in the fourth quarter. I really believe that Clemson will go and make a statement. And they need to win impressively. They just need to win. But I just think they've got a little bit of an edge. And when Clemson has an edge, and um, I think this is is it here. And I think they want to kind of prove it. And, you know, and, you know, Dabo's kind of one of the – Got a little bit of a whining stuff yeah. to where, you know, all right, not good. ACC is not protecting us. We're good. I just think they want to kind of sprout their wings a little bit, and I think they'll do so and win mm. this, and I think they'll win it decisively. Win it and have a pizza party. Uh, at 4.15 Eastern time on Fox from Vegas, not from the Raider Stadium, but from Sam Boyd Stadium, it'll be San Jose State against Boise State in the Mountain West title game, Chris. Yeah, look, I, I love what um, – what, Brett Brennan is done with San Jose State, and I know we got one of our questions is what what are their chances? I, I think they've got a decent chance here, um, but I do like Boise. I like Boise in this moment. I, I like Boise at the line of scrimmage a little bit better. I think they'll be able to control the game a little more. I don't think it's going to be like control the game like they're going to have a, a huge lead, but I think they'll control the game at the line of scrimmage effectively enough to win it, and I think eventually pull away. So. Uh, I like Boise here for a couple of reasons, but one being I think they're really solid. I like the quarterback play. I like um, their, their line of scrimmage a little bit better than I do San Jose's. Great job, Brett Brennan, I think, is should be and is on the short list at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I love what the Spartans have done this year. 8, 8 p.m. primetime from Nippert Stadium, the American Conference Championship game, Cincinnati and Tulsa. Tulsa's been like the cardiac kids all year, winning games that they have no business winning late. Uh, can they pull an upset here over Cincinnati? You know, it's possible. Uh, they've not gotten a lot of respect. They are pretty good, but I just like Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's so well-balanced. I think they're well-coached. I think they're physical. I think they're certainly trying to make their statement. It's not going to be good enough to get into the playoffs, but they're going to get themselves a big-time bowl game, and it's big time for their program. And Luke's got a lot at stake. Marcus Freeman is a guy that I think people are going to look at, the fine defensive coordinator at, mm-hmm. at uh, Cincinnati. Um, you know, I said it all summer. I thought this, this Cincinnati team had the makings of – the best look group of five team they do look like it and obviously by their ranking and i think it's pretty accurate they're better than a lot of power five teams and i think they show it here and i think they get it done uh, this was remember this was supposed to be a matchup last week of the two and then mm-hmm. they play again obviously it's not going to be enough and folks it's not if they had beaten Tulsa last week decisively and beat them again this week decisively, it still would not have been enough to put them in the playoffs. So, you know, I think it would, it made some sense for the conference to protect this game this weekend. So they'll get their conference champion. And I think it's going to be Cincinnati and I think it's going to be decisively. Yep. Uh, and finally prime time, eight o'clock Eastern time kickoff from Atlanta, Alabama and Florida, the tied 17 point favorites. I think Alabama wins. I think they roll. I, I don't yeah. think Florida matches up all that well. But let me tell you, unlike Dan Mullen, who every signal going into that game last week was, now we don't need Kyle Pitts to beat LSU, which they didn't. Okay, they didn't need Kyle Pitts to beat LSU. But when you send that mindset of, we got this, and we're, you know, it's that the one thing that Nick Saban does so well is say, hey, look, you know, we're going to get Florida's they're embarrassed mm-hmm. and they're going to get their best shot. Alabama will be focused. Alabama will be able to run the football and throw it against this Florida defense. Yep. They'll be able to control the game that way. Um, and then, I, you know, look offensively. I expect Florida to play better. I expect uh, uh, pitch to play. I expect them to get more. I expect them to have more success against Alabama's defense than they did against LSU because I think Florida will be sharper, but it won't be good enough. And the unfortunate thing for Florida is, look, you, you, you lost to AM. And, you know, for people I know, like Spartan Martin and other folks, well, why wouldn't Florida be considered if they're a two-loss SEC champion? Because you lost to LSU and you lost to AM, and the head-to-head in AM will matter if it comes down to taking those two teams. I don't think there's any doubt about it now. And um, I know winning your conference championship would be huge and beating Alabama would be the most impressive win of the season to date. But this is what's so sad for Florida is that you lost to AM. Okay, AM's a really good team. Probably going to lose to Alabama. Understandable. The, the not being prepared against LSU really hurts them because, A, it loses all the momentum that they would have had about what could happen if they win this week. And if they lose, they now have lost three games, including mm-hmm. their last two. That's a really, you know, a cold water ice bucket to their season. And yet, you know, what might be a worse feeling. It'll be great if they pull the upset over Alabama 
and they win the conference title. You think they're going to be kicking themselves all the way back from Atlanta to Gainesville State because we weren't ready or disciplined enough to get prepared to play against LSU. Yep. Look what we lost. And you threw a shoe. I don't. You threw a shoe. You weren't prepared. You you took a laissez-faire attitude into the game. And you get your rear end kicked. And that's why they're not going to make the playoffs. And they only have themselves to blame. And um, I just don't. I think that Dan, I'm very, very high on Dan. Good friend. I just think that there's some things that he's got to clean up on how he approaches things from an overall standpoint. I, I don't have a problem with some of the statements in the media because that's what you do. Well, we play more games. Folks, that's what the politicking is. Yeah. You don't have to believe the politicians. They're saying it because that's all you got when you don't show up and win. Um, you get whatever opportunities you get. You take advantage of the opportunities you get. I think the SEC had a better opportunity because they got to play more games and you got a chance to prove yourself, and Florida did. And I think Florida – in some ways got exposed a little bit and exposed in this regard. Their defense has been vulnerable all year long. Their offense has been good, slow starting, but has been good all year long. But it showed what happens. If their offense is not at a high level, not mm-hmm. in high gear, that's what can happen. So you're not as effective in the red zone. You throw a pick six. You, you, you're going to be in a game that you shouldn't have been in. And then, of course, you put yourself in a situation where obviously there's not enough on-field discipline to realize that you should never be in a position where you step over the line where you throw a shoe or anything else. That was killer. There's no question about it. Well, they had four first-half possessions inside the red zone or on the border of the red zone, and uh, all they got was three points, and they gave up seven points. Those four possessions, Chris, one ended by going forward on the goal line and not getting it. Another one ended with the pick six. Another one ended with the interception on the tip play that was a crazy one on the sideline. And then the last one ended with a field goal. So instead of outscoring LSU 28 to nothing in those four back and forth possessions, they actually got outscored seven to three. And that was the big difference in the game. Uh, Before we go into the NFL, Chris, I want your thoughts on Gus Malzahn, the Auburn head coaching position. Who is the favorite to land that? Is it Hugh Freeze, who right now is the odds-on betting favorite to land that job? Um, Or could someone like maybe Mario Cristobal leave Oregon? He's a tremendous recruiter. Could he come to the SEC uh, and coach uh, there at Auburn? And just your overall thoughts. I mean, you and I talked about it last week. It seemed like every week it was getting closer to happening. And every week we were like, nah, it's not going to happen. And then last week you said, hey, folks are starting to get out their checkbooks and figure out how much this is going to cost them. And even though they won their last game, they wrote that check and Gus was gone. Yeah, Raymond Harbert uh, and uh, Jimmy Rain, uh, the yellow uh, the yellow man, the uh, Yellowwood uh, guy, they um, – there's a lot of frustration. This was going to happen two years ago. You remember the flirtation with Arkansas, no athletic director at the time. They ended up giving the money to Gus to keep him. And so basically they're doing what they were going to do a couple of years ago. It's just costing them a lot more money. There's no offset. So Gus walks away with a whole lot of money, Mm -hmm. including $10 million over the next 30 days he gets in one check. Then the remainder he gets uh, per month. So really good buyout for Gus. 
Um, look, the Auburn, and I, I'm, I'm going to make the quick statements. For the details, go to LandryFootball.com and get the full dissertation as to why um, Auburn is unique. The boosters, um, mainly Jimmy Rain and Raven Harbert, are going to make the decision. And uh, I've said it, uh, um, Kevin Steele is going to get the job. The hmm. defensive coordinator, uh, he's the guy that's got a good relationship with them. I believe that's who's going to get it. You freeze is not uh, uh, anywhere close to being a consensus. I don't think he is um, as high on the list as the media reports. Mario Cristobal is working on a new deal. Mario Cristobal is the second lowest paid coach in the Pac-12. And I don't, I, I, he is going to, that's not going to be that this case next year. Um, I don't, I don't think Mario wants a job and I don't think that's who they want. I think in the end, what's going to happen is they're going to hire Kevin Skeel because he's one of them. Auburn hires part of the Auburn family. And I think by stretching it out a few days or week, whatever they do with it, they're going to assess, oh, they got a committee, all this kind of stuff. And it's going to come down to it. We think the best guy is right there in their building. Kevin is a very good defense coordinator, been around a long time. For Auburn's way of thinking, um, I think he'll be a better head coach than Gus Malzahn. It's not the direction I would go. If you want to know what I would do with Auburn again, listen to to the uh, the, the audio post. It's you know too much time to get into today. But you got to understand how Auburn does it. And they hire people that are part of the Auburn family. What the translation is, guys that are close to the key boosters. And mm-hmm. the key boosters, it used to be Bobby Lauder. Now it's Raymond Harbert and Jimmy Rain. That's Kevin Steele. He's developed a really good relationship over the years. And they feel like the strength of that team for years has been defense. The defense. Yeah. And Kevin's been That's a head their coach. identity, yeah. Yeah, so Kevin's been a head coach before, not successful at Baylor years and years ago but a lot more experience. So that's what I think is going to happen. He is the fourth favorite on the betting odds. Hugh Freeze was the favorite, followed by Billy Napier, Mario Cristobal, and then Kevin Steele. I don't I don't advise gambling, <laughs> but I would advise, and I don't know what the money is, but if you got a little cash hanging around, Scott, uh, or anybody else, and I don't know how you even bet these things, <laughs> I, I, I would I would put a little uh, put a little money on um Kevin Steele. So, and real quick, the odds on favorite to be the next Arizona head coach is Joe Salave. Uh, Joe Salavea. Joe Salavea. He is. Yeah, the, I, he, I, I, I uh, drafted Joe Salavea. Joe was a <laughs> nice. there for Dick Tomey. Yeah. He's a defense coordinator at Oregon. I don't think he's ready. I love him, but they want an Arizona guy because they've been burnt by two guys that weren't quote unquote Arizona guys. I think that's hurting them. I would look hard at Jay Norvell. I think he'd be a great mm. fit. At Nevada, um, I think Brent Brennan is also a guy that they ought to look at. But they're looking guys with Arizona ties. There's no University of Arizona ties. And the next Illinois coach, uh, Sean Lewis, is the betting favorite. Well, Kent State coach, really good guy. I really would look hard at Lance Leopold. I think he's done a great job at Buffalo. And remember, the AD um, that uh, that at Wisconsin Whitewater, where Lance came from, is now at Illinois. So there's a connection there. So little tip there. I think that's <laughs> a possibility there. Those All, right. All right. Let's get into the NFL, Chris, and we'll start off uh, our NFL conversation like we do uh, each and every week. And that is by highlighting our play of the week. And uh, well, it comes from an exciting Monday night football game. Chris. Oh, what a great game. It may have been, I thought it was as good a game 
Probably the game, the, all the, year game of the year with the worst betting uh, nah. finish ever. <laughs> if, if you bet on that game, I'm sorry. But uh, uh, here's uh, the first play that occurred when Lamar Jackson came back into the game, you know, after relieving himself. But uh, here, here, here's the play, Chris. Okay. Here, one of the things I always talk about is when you got a great athletic quarterback and you got to defend him as a runner, it causes guys to peel off coverage. I use that phrase a lot. I'm going to show you what this means right here. As we take the snap, you're going to see the rollout is fourth and five. You've got to be focused right here. As you see, you've got two safeties here. You see Hollywood Brown getting open here. You, look, look at that. Let's we go back and watch that. You see the the absolutely being paralyzed defensively of you cannot allow him to run it because there's no way you're going to stop him from getting five. So let's watch it again and we'll see if we get it in the shot. If not, we'll go back to the wide view again. But as you see him rolling out, they've got the guy covered, but they're going to release him. Why are they going to release him? They see him running somebody's got to run with the receiver. It is not very difficult of a throw at this point. It's not even a great throw. It's not a good throw, up. no. It just, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be real accurate. You just have to get it out there because there's nobody covering him because you're going to see as we watch it. Boy, I wish I got to get, I got to figure out how we can telestrate this stuff. I know that stuff's probably <laughs> not in our budget, Scott, but if you take a look at, it again from this angle is the best view. Got it accounted for off the line of scrimmage. You see a little bit of the switch. They've got them double. Oh my goodness. You see the quarterback with the ball. What are you going to do? You can't let him run. This, you peel off coverage. You've got the guy at the top coverage. You peel off coverage because you got to get him. One guy's got to go deep with the, it. Look, if you've got a guy anywhere near in coverage, you probably can defend that. But at that point, he would have run it. They knew that their chances were better, that maybe the ball would be dropped. Maybe he'd be he'd overthrow it. There's a chance if it's incomplete. There is no chance that you can stop him from the edge. And quite frankly, he probably makes a move, not only gets the first down, but he probably runs it in. This is what the great athleticism of a quarterback, Lamar Jackson, as we look at it at the bottom, Watch the angle that he would probably get and likely and, run run and, and pick up a block from Dobbins here. Correct. So he's probably going around Dobbins. Absolutely. Yeah. You there's you know, so you 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 it's a pick your poison, but you gotta have one guy go out in coverage. But the, the reality is you've got him in an ability to hit upfield and have a two-way go and it is look it, this is why when you're so good athletically it creates spacing and coverage that created a space so it's not a complicated coverage look but it's a way to illustrate what i always say when you can run so effectively and the threat to run is there from the quarterback position it paralyzes you in coverage it forces you to come off of coverage because you have to defend him as a runner and all of a sudden, you don't need to be great there. You just can throw it, and it's a pretty easy throw. It's a completion. Look, it's a it's a safer thing to run it because you're not the chances of fumbling are not good. The picking up five is a guarantee, but the, it's such an easy throw when you overplay that. You know, now it's just a matter if he drops it, game's over because it's fourth and five. Yeah, 
And look at what's crazy. If Lamar doesn't uh, roll out and he looks to his left, I think it's Sneed maybe, but look look, look at the, the, the two cornerbacks at the top of the screen actually bump into each other on the pick route. They and do. there's a wide oh, – look at this. Look, they bump into each other on the pick route. No, they do. Got they a do. wide open but, head. But it – no, yeah, absolutely. At, right near at the 40 now, you got a wide – but you are – now you're throwing a, you know, a 40-yard pass, you yeah, know, yeah, five yeah, yards. Yeah. He, he's – it's out of his vision. And stopping and throwing defeats the purpose of what they want to do. This was a half-field read the whole way. Mm-hmm. And the reason why those guys bumped in – because they read the rollout. So, yes. you know, immediately, if, if they, they're not trying to run into one another, of course, but they're reading the rollout. So it's a half-field read. It's going to be a throw to that side of the field or he's going to run. And it's pretty clear, obviously, both guys bit. Uh, both guys, at what we call conflict of assignment. Um, mm. That was the difference. And look, it's it's you don't need to be complex as a coach there when you've got a guy that's a great runner. It was a big time win for them, a tough loss for Baltimore, uh, tough toss for Cleveland. Um, you still wonder Baltimore, you look at them and people will say, boy, that's a, that look for them. They're a dangerous team in a given playoff game. It's just a wonder of, can they come back from behind in games if you get them down? And that's been their, their bugaboo. Yep. All right, let's run through this week uh, 15 schedule here. It starts Thursday night. The Chargers and the Raiders from Vegas. Uh, the Chargers finally got themselves a win, but they're a team that just, you know, seems like every week they're finding new ways to lose. And then the Raiders, Chris, I don't know what's up with them. We thought they were a playoff team. They're technically still alive for the playoffs, but they have not looked good lately. And, and that win against the Jets was a lucky win there against a bad football team. Yep. But we could be talking about a Raider team that instead of being seven and six is actually six and seven, six and having seven. lost three straight games. Look, their defense has fallen apart. The they fired Paul Gunter. Uh, it's, you know, it's put a lot of pressure on the offense. There's no question about it. Uh, and this is a Charger team that's, you know, not been as consistent. This is obviously a pivotal game in a every game's a must win now for the Raiders. Yep, and we move to uh, Saturday. Yes, we have Saturday games. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got the Bills and the Broncos from Mile High. Yeah, look, the Broncos play a little bit better at home. Buffalo's playing really good, aren't they? I mean, they they look like a real threat, and certainly mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's leaking oil a little tough bit. Tough spot, short yeah. week, travel to it mile is, high. It is, no question about it. I think it is a tough spot. Th- this is kind of where I was going with it. So it's a challenge. This Buffalo team looks really good. The mindset, the toughness, the mental toughness, those things uh, I think are going to show up a little bit. You know, they had that tough loss against the Cardinals in which they didn't defend the pass. Very well at the end. That's one more win they probably should have had. They're going to win the AFC East. Uh, seeding's important. They're not going to get the top seed. Probably going to go to Kansas City. You know, if you're looking at and handicapping the AFC right now, um, we know the Chiefs are the favorite. Who's number two? I, I think right now, at least the past couple of weeks, with the performance that um, the Bills look a little bit more complete right now and a little bit uh, more organized than the Steelers. The Steelers have some work to do. But this is a game that is definitely a trap game and a tough game, as you mentioned, going across the country at a place where Denver plays much better at home. Yeah, we move on. The Packers hosting the Panthers. Uh, Panthers have had a good season. It's kind of falling apart a little bit at the seam. They don't have a whole lot. Green Bay's feeling it. They've got the number one seed uh, in their sights. Uh, you know what? I, I didn't. Re- I, I, I guess I knew it, but I didn't think about it. 
So Aaron Rodgers has never had the number one seed going through the playoffs, getting all the way there. I think he's going to get it this year. I think they're starting to feel it. This Packer team's pretty good, and the Saints kind of opened the door for him. So I think do they clinch with a win? Oh no, no, I'm sorry. If if the if the Packers win and the Saints lose, the, they will clinch this week. Correct, because yeah. they did beat the Saints. So the number one seed, folks. Which yes, is the number one, one seed, which is one, the only buy. Number one seed is the only buy in mm-hmm. a huge, huge factor this year. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the Buccaneers at the Falcons. Yeah, look, the Falcons, um, I, I like the way the Bucs are playing. The Bucs are starting to feel it. The Bucs kind of spread their wings a little bit. They feel they'd be pretty good. No pun playing the Falcons. I just like the Bucs here. I, I think the Bucs are playing better. They're going to have to go through the wild card. The Saints are still going to win that division. Uh, but they need to get they need to get things clicking, and the Bucs are potentially dangerous. We'll see if they can, uh, they can get it done here. The 49ers at the Cowboys. Yeah, no, this is a, a game of, of teams that have just – well, Dallas found a way to win against a bad Cincinnati team. San Francisco's really struggling, but I don't know. I don't know that I trust Dallas here. Um, uh, I, you know, I think that uh, I, I kind of like San Francisco here. This, this Dallas team, uh, it, it's a pride factor here. San Francisco's played with pride. We'll see if Dallas has got any at home. Lions and the Titans. Titans still in the race for that AFC South. AFC South still interesting. You got to beat the Lions at home here. The Lions are playing harder, playing better. Uh, obviously uh, playing for their jobs as a new coach leading them, new GM leading them. I like the Titans here at home, running the football, controlling the game there. I think it's the difference. Colts hosting the Texans. Hey, you know what? They're starting to play well. Frank Wright, you look at all the things and the job. Phillip Rivers is starting to settle down. Remember we talked about And Phillip, I know, is always good for a pick. I get it. But you know what? Playing better, settling down. The influence on Frank Wright on quarterbacks. I think he his lack of presence in Philadelphia is hurt over there. You know, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz has gone down. Carson Wentz was was running in the running for MVP that year. You know, everything going well. Uh, he has a tremendous impact. I I think he is one of the more underappreciated, understated coaches in this league. Frank like Reich is outstanding. Uh, I think they take care of business here against a Houston team that's floundering. Patriots at the Dolphins, a place where uh, the Pats usually struggle. Yeah, they do. And, you know, straight up, I think the Dolphins are better. I think they're, they're playing better. They're a really good team. Like the way they're playing, really, really good team. Uh, I, I think they're a better team. I think they beat New England here. Bears at the Vikings. Can't can't hold out much hope for the Bears. Look, they responded last week, no doubt. Uh, was an awful performance by the Texans. Uh, Minnesota here, you know, they were kind of hanging on by a thread. They're not going to make it. It doesn't look like, but I just like them here. I think they're the better of the two. Seahawks at Washington. Yeah, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it, I'd still like Washington to win the East, but everything's kind of wide open. I think Seattle gets it done on the road here, though. Listen, let's not get crazy. I like Washington still, their chances of winning the East, but doesn't mean that I think they're that good. The Ravens hosting the Jaguars. Yeah, look, I mean, Baltimore, this is uh, this is a game I think they'll be able to control from the start. I, again, a little bit of a short week here, but they'll take care of it, uh, I think, at home. Uh, the Rams hosting the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I just keep looking. Uh, that, hey, Jet, this, this is the Jets' uh, second trip, by the way, to SoFi Stadium. When they played the Chargers, they lost 34-28. Yeah, I think it might be similar. I think the Rams, I just can't find a an angle for the Jets here to win. I think, you know, obviously the Rams still importance there. You got to take care of business. I think they do. 
The Eagles at the Cardinals with Jalen Hurts, Chris. Yeah, we had a back once again. And by the way, we we appreciate Spark Barton. Um, Rock, we'll we'll try to get to just a couple of comments when we're done. I know, appreciate your questions and your comments. Uh, But one of the questions about Jalen Hurts, I thought Jalen did a pretty nice job. I, I think it's fine to roll with him this week. Uh, do like Arizona at home here. They're they're a better team, but Arizona's been inconsistent. I don't think they they played all that well together down the stretch. I think just they're good enough to beat the Eagles. How about the Chiefs at the Saints? Well, I like Kansas City here. I think New Orleans, that was a tough loss last week. You can't yep. let that one get away. I think the Chiefs are better. Um, you know, um you know, with New Orleans, I there's it's about getting Drew Brees healthy. I don't even know. That he, I don't think he's going to be ready to go. I think he probably could get, I mean, could get cleared medically to go. I don't know how sharp he is. I think their best chance or their feelings might be that they probably need to control the game. They need to run the football and maybe use the the run game with Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. No, I think they blew a chance to get that number one seed, which is so important. Kansas City's just better. Um, Kansas City's not played their best ball. I just think they're really are getting. You know, what they lack in all all and out explosion each and every week, they've become really solid. So they can run it when they have to. They make enough plays in the passing game when they have to. And defensively, they hold in. And look, I mean, you sit there and you're Miami. You outplay them and you're there and, and you can only be up by seven and you really, you know, all along. Dude, you know, 17 points is not enough of a lead against this Chiefs team. You better get a big lead on them. And you better stay on them. And that may not be enough. We saw that in the playoffs last yeah. year, Texas Titans, 49ers. I think the Chiefs are better. I think they win on the road here. All right, Sunday night, Browns at the Giants. Yeah, you know what? The what the the Browns primetime game record, I didn't realize it was quite that bad. They're like 0-7 for a while. It, it, they, they, I think they get one here. I think they beat the Giants on the road. Look, the that was a tough loss for them. They got to rebound, get it done. Played well enough in some aspects to win, but just not good enough to finish. I think they take care of business here. Yeah, and I think the Steelers bounce back on Monday night against the Bengals as well. I do. I do. Cincinnati just doesn't have it, and uh, I think Pittsburgh, while they're they're trying to get well, uh, they'll get well against the Bengals. Well, Chris, it's an important week, and especially with all the coaching and recruiting news, uh, fans have to be checking out LandryFootball.com. Absolutely, and, and just a couple of questions. Rocky asked a question about uh, Kevin Sumlin. Check that out. I talked about that in the Arizona coach shirt on LandryFootball.com, so we don't have time, but you can check that out there, and we'll give you exactly kind of what happened with Sumlin and how that thing played out there and and kind of why it was where it was and kind of where his future is or is not at this point. Scott, you mentioned it. We've got a lot. We've got signing day tomorrow in college football. I hate the early signing day the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it is what it is. I've got – the announcement schedule of key guys that are going to be announcing tomorrow that you can check that out at LandryFootball.com. Um, teams to watch. Uh, the, the key teams that are maybe close to making big-time statements tomorrow, we've got that. Um, some some key guys that are going to be interesting to watch that could flip or maybe could surprise tomorrow. And then I also have the top, one, uh, top 300 players scouting reports on them, where they're headed or where they're likely headed. So you get to know which each of those teams are getting. we got them broken down to the top 150 and then obviously one, uh, 151 to 
300. So we've got all of that. We've got going to have all the breakdowns, the film room breakdowns of all the games this weekend, uh, the conference championship games, all the NFL matchups. Um, so we, we're working um, from one end to the other, recruiting, draft, free agency coming up the end of the season. We got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the holiday savings special over at LandryFootball.com. Look, it is less than $10 a month if you get it per month. If you get it for a year membership, it's quite a bit less than that. So take advantage of it. Good holiday gift for yourself or someone else. It's a gift of football all year long. If you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. It's like having your own scouting department or coaching department for less than a magazine subscription. So it's, it's a no-brainer. And be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball. You can follow me at Scott's on Air. If you want to listen to this in podcast form, just subscribe to Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts from. But please follow, subscribe to the Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash ChrisLandryFootball. We'll be back next Tuesday, 7 o'clock Eastern time where we will preview the college football playoff yep we're gonna know on sunday who's gonna be in and who's gonna be out we'll talk to you then take it easy chris hey thanks all the guys for joining us today appreciate all of you join us next time with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.